Welcome everyone to another edition of the Final Down NFL podcast with me, Jim, Punk Raider, Denver Dave. We're here to talk about the NFL. Boys, how are you doing? I'm guessing two all right. Two weeks running. Yeah, two weeks running. The woman opposite is in the shower again. Oh Just my wanted to word. Out there. <laughs> Still not out of the shower. She's getting, I think so. I think she is. I don't know what the weather's like where you lot are, but it's absolutely hammering it down yeah, here. So if yeah. you're hearing a load of interference in the background, then it's I apologise. But <laughs> We'll try and pull Dave away from the window to talk about <laughs> the NFL tonight. <laughs> We're going to be talking about week three, obviously, uh, all 16 games. Um, Dave and I have got a game of the week. Punk doesn't have a game of the week, surprisingly. So he's going to do something a little bit different. He's going to do a, a, a new segment. Uh, but we are going to do the kind of normal stuff for the most part. Um, we're gonna, so we're going to just say, what? the new segment has the greatest name in podcasting. Is that because you named own, it, Dave? Because I named it. It's my child. Okay. It, is, it is the greatest name. Come on. You love it. Keep everyone in suspense. We'll see. Let's go through uh, mine and Dave's games of the week then. Um, Dave, do you want to go first? Uh, can do. Um, on, everyone then. sit back. Get yourself a drink. Mm. And listen to a story. Once upon a time, there was a head coach called Matt Nagy. And he thought that he was some kind of mafia hitman. And he put out a hit on his own quarterback. Okay. So he sent his quarterback into battle to presumably get murdered. Mm. Because all he did in the entire game is come up with plays that tried to kill him, essentially. So this goes back. So anyone who doesn't know... I don't even know. The score doesn't even matter. The, the Bears got absolutely trounced. The Browns absolutely mullered them in every single phase of the game. And we were, we were talking about this on WhatsApp the other day. And we were discussing what, was, what we were going to talk about. Because believe it or not, there is some preparation that goes into this pod. <laughs> and we were pretty much really? talking about... from who? <laughs> no. The, standard, the standards are for some of us are slightly higher than others but we were talking about what games we were going to cover and um, it was talking about the Chicago game and I I'd only seen very brief highlights at this point and all I'd saw of the nine sacks that actually happened were I think two or three of them where uh, Justin Fields who made his debut first start was running outside of the pocket getting sacked Mm-hmm. So that's what I saw. So at this point, Jim's saying, anyway, it's all on Matt Nagy. And I'm like, is it because he was running out the pocket? It looked like he wasn't going through progressions. The usual things that we see, I'm going to be honest, from rookie quarterbacks and from Chicago quarterbacks. And I went back and watched some game film. One of the benefits of having a child that's teething is you're awake a lot during the night. So I was sat feeding them with a tablet on watching plays. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like genuinely could not believe what I was seeing. Yeah, um, I didn't have some stats and then watch some stuff which um, Punk you pointed out to me earlier on today of the 20 snaps 16 of them I think it was 16 it might have been 13 were in standard five man coverage that's your five uh, that's your five man protection rather that's your five offensive linemen nothing else you've got hang on so you've got a rookie quarterback against one of the best defensive rushers in the game two and you're putting a five man standard you've got two set. you've got two first overall picks there on either side exactly i mean you've got jadavian clowning one side mile garrett the other horrendous i mean what on earth are you doing I, it blows my mind and it's some of it's also the play calling so there was there was um 
a sack in the first quarter and the the game plan had obviously been simplified and this is a, a set that we see quite a lot from the broncos so what you have is you have three wide receivers one of them is running a post route fade just gun it so just absolutely run as far as you can take try and take two receivers with you uh two uh men on coverage with you another guy is running a slant or something is he's your first progression that you look through he's your first go-to guy he's normally on the right hand side for justin fields because he's right-handed so he'll look right first mm-hmm. your second progression that you go to is a guy on the left who's a curl or anyone who plays madden will know it as a curl uh, it's called a comeback otherwise so he sprints as fast as he can stops on a dime turns around and he's there so immediately you go through your first is my first guy open no i'm gonna give it straight to the second guy they're the two progressions you go through that's it you don't do anything else everything else is distraction and that's what happened. That was the play that was called up. I've seen it a thousand times from the Broncos. What we did with Drew Lock last year a lot. The only problem was they did that play as a as an RPO, as a play action. So they've got a five-man defensive front, a five-man uh, protection, and then he has to run backwards, fake a pass, turn around, go through his progressions whilst he's got that Cleveland pass uh, defense going towards it. I mean, it was bonkers. He didn't have time before he was out of the snap. He couldn't go through his progression because he was getting double sacked from either side. It was madness. Why are you playing RPO on that? That's the simplest play anyone can do. And the man who was on the left-hand side, I have no idea who it was, was wide open because he spun on a dime, come back, was standing there with his arms wide open, expecting the ball, and the quarterback's got his head in the dirt. It was absolutely unbelievable. It was negligent. That's literally what it was. It was negligent. In my plus years of watching the NFL, I have never, ever seen a rookie quarterback get thrown to the Lions like that and be, you know, how he didn't get injured. It's unbelievable. It's it's just negligent. It's 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 dreadful way to treat a player. So. Of the of all the uh, of all the times that he was under center, so of all the times that he was actually playing quarterback, twenty of them were under center, and this is where the man is standing directly, the quarterback standing directly behind the center, and is having to take the ball out. So he's not playing shotgun or anything like that. So he's under center twenty times. First of all, that's too many playing shotgun. Second of all, of those twenty, thirteen of them, he had a fa- standard five man protection. Five of them. Of those, uh, sorry, seven of those protections, seven of the remaining protections, only one of them was where he had a seven-man protection. Six of them were were six-man, so he had a tight end. Um, of those six, three of those six, Cole Komet was blocking Miles Garrett. Cole Komet is Garrett. not blocking Garrett. not going to work, is it? Let that sink in. Anyone who doesn't know, Cole Komet is... Uh, he's, he's halfway between your tight end and your wide receiver. He's more with Travis Kelsey. I like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like him though. Mm. You can't block. You can't block no. Miles Garrett. He was like standing in the middle block. of the M4. It's like standing in the middle of the M4, holding your hand out, saying "Stop there!" and just getting plowed into by a van. You're not going to stop anything. You're not going to do anything. It's going to make a single bit of difference. It it properly blew my mind. It genuinely blew my mind. This is a guy they drafted 150 odd days ago. They gave up two first-round picks for him, and they've had how much time to scheme for a game? Now, if something is—I'm going to steal a Henry Kissinger quote: "If it's never—if oh, the actions you're going to have to do are inevitable." Uh, maybe I was watching a thing on. 
was watching a, I'm watching a thing on the the Nixon years at the moment, so Henry Kissinger is sticking in my mind. It's only Hello, go on, go on, go with the quote. Full quote, quote. come but, on, full quote mode. If something is inevitable, do it immediately. I, that's not. I'll, I'll paraphrase, but if something is absolutely fundamentally going to happen anyway, do it immediately. Now, there is no way that they are going to keep Matt Nagy after this season. It can't possibly no. happen. You cannot do what he's done. So just replace him now. Get rid of him. Well, Dan Orlovsky. The GM. And they still keep him around. I mean, yeah, but you know you know my feelings on Dan Pace, on Ryan Pace and I. Ryan Pace should have been out of a job five years ago. Oh, yeah. I, well, I, have, I have no love for Ryan Pace whatsoever. As, as, like The day after they drafted Mitch Trubitsky and gave it what they did, I'd have fired his ass. Mm-hmm. And I'd make, I'd make it so that he doesn't get hired as a scout. <laughs> Out in TV media world, Dan Orlovsky. Now, some of you might not remember who Dan Orlovsky is. I didn't, I didn't know who he was. Um, Dan Orlovsky is the Lions backup quarterback that kind of forgot the rules and just ran out the back of the end zone for a safety <laughs> when he was trying to throw the ball downfield. Um, back in, oh, 2008. he was on that 0 and 16 team, wasn't he? So, it was, yeah, oh, 2008, was something 2008. like that. Yeah. 2008 yeah, yeah. Has he got the beer for his cheek to go at anyone then? But but even he, as let's be honest, a failed quarterback in the NFL, mm-hmm. said that is the worst worst game planning he's ever seen in his life. Um, the it's Bears actually up. ended up that game with one point one yards per play as an average. It's <sighs> it's 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 ridiculous. How how we, how Nagy's still got a job today? I I just don't know. I just don't know. So what we've got to look at then, really, is is the background to this. There's no point looking at the game. I mean, it's 20, 26-6. It doesn't matter about the score. Yeah. What, what we've got to look no, at is, is what, what, matters, what, the what matters thinking. is the total... What matters is the total passing yards that Chicago had, the net passing yards they had. That doesn't even matter either because that's... A, that's one a, yard. That matters. One yard. No, it's a, that's a consequence of what they're thinking. And what are they thinking when it comes to Justin Fields? You've, you've moved up in the draft. You've given up loads of capital to get him. You've had 150 days and an entire preseason to spend time with him and try to work out plays that he likes. Um, you obviously scouted him to draft him, or maybe you didn't. Um, so you obviously know I what mean, kind of things he's good at. So why yeah. are you still pushing for Andy Dalton to be the starter in this league? Why are they still coming out and saying, we don't know if Andy's fit this weekend, is he going to play? Is Nick Foles going to play? This is a team that clearly does not want Justin Fields to play had no intention of trying to help him try and play this this last week and wants him to get back as far down the depth chart as possible for as long as possible now I don't know what what that is you know if you want to keep your job as a head coach and he is on the thinnest of thin ice when everyone in the world is is calling for his head um you would think he would want to just go all right just dump him in there I mean if you if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't but at least you would try and help him because it might extend your career. That doesn't seem to be what they're doing. They seem to be want to just hold back, keep him out of the out of the limelight, keep I mean, if Andy Dalton was in that game, he would have been sacked at least 12 times. So Yeah, but they wouldn't have been in five set man protection. They'd have been in seven. As well, they were in that, one a week. Two. They haven't been looking good the last the first two weeks either. But this seems this seems almost this seems deliberate. That's that's what I'm thinking. It's not just Rub, they are they are bad, but this seems deliberate. Like they did not want him to play that game, and they made no attempt during the week to get him ready for that game. 
but at the same, the thing is, it, let's go back to last season. Okay. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of the coaching staff of the California Chargers, but they were in a position where the medical staff tried to kill their quarterback, their starting quarterback, yeah. stabbed him in the chest. And um, the backup quarterback, who'd never made an appearance in the league, for you. was told, yeah, was told with 20 minutes to go, you're starting against the Chiefs. Mm. And he kind of went, all right, and went out there and threw bombs because they schemed for him. They gave him protection. Said, "There's one man. If he's not open, he's the other. This is the other guy open. If neither of those two, you got to check down on your on your running back or just throw it out." It and also helps you know that what? the Chiefs have no real pass rush to speak of. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, e- it's an easier front yeah, seven. You're right. you're right, but yeah, without any shadow of a doubt. But then, if they'd have gone into the game against the Browns with that front seven that they've got, they would have they would have put in. You know, there'd been three tight end sets. There'd been eight man protection and go through. You know. They'd have ran the ball, anything other than just letting your guy get absolutely murdered. So I looked up the quote from Henry Kissinger, and it's whatever must ultimately happen, must happen immediately. How can you argue with that? If you're going to get rid of him, just get rid of him now. Just get rid of him. Get someone else in. doesn't matter who. It makes no difference who. Get someone else in who's got some experience as a, as a head coach, who's going to take it till the end of the year and do a proper job and let everyone know that, you're going out to get the best guy that you can. Go and get Lincoln Riley. Why not? You know, you go and get a, a, a guy who's going to really help your franchise turn around. Let's not forget, it's only a couple of years ago since Matt, Matt Nagy was the NFL coach of the year. That's not even a joke. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that was really a big fan, Joe, that got that. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. It was because of that defense and the fact that he did it with Mitch Trubisky. I've never heard such nonsense in all my life. As of this recording, Matt Nagy is still the head coach of the Chicago Bears. So I'm going to be that. asking you again at the end of the recording just to reconfirm that because there's every chance that he could have <laughs> and should have gone by then. Honestly, I, I think it's a joke. The, the How long... How, this is a genuine question. How long have the Bears been waiting for a new franchise young quarterback to come in? Forever, They've never had right? one. Yeah, so now they've got one, and your head coach tries to murder him. He puts a hit out on him to. Get, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not having it. it it's a, it's an absolute joke. And when I was watching the game, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Mm. I genuinely couldn't believe what I was seeing. It, it's it's outrageous. Anyone go and watch the game, like watch extended highlights of the game, and just watch the sets that they're putting him. It was unbelievable. At best, they were setting him up to fail. At worst, I don't they were trying know to get what was going through the head. When <laughs> Kyler Murray came into the league, they, Kyler Murray was playing almost every single snap out of shotgun, and they still said, "Clap! Don't don't go through timings or anything. Clap when you want the center to throw the ball because you're allowed to do that in the NFL. You, once you clap, you then have to snap it. So everyone's on the same wavelength. Some quarterbacks still do. Every now and again, Lamar does it, and there's nothing wrong with that." Don't play on the center. Go in the go in the shotgun. Give them seven man protection. That's all you have to do. It's not difficult. It, yeah, it frustrated me. It really did. So no, I bowed down and say you were one hundred percent right, Jim. Because the highlights I saw basically on red zone were him scrambling for his life, um, looking like there was half decent protection. Just thinking, what are you doing? When it was nothing to do with him at all. So. There you go. Matt Nagy said in his post-game interview, it starts and ends with me. You don't say. And talk about this captain. <laughs> true. True. Okay. So that was your game. That's a positive start to the podcast. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tend to do one rant a week at the moment. But yeah. yeah, I think Dave's ranting corner. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it is, it's disgusting, though. It is. I've never seen anything like it. It is ridiculous. So I want to talk about the Seahawks versus the Minnesota Vikings because I was really impressed with the Vikings in this game. Um, with Dalvin Cook out, we all thought this was going to be no- loss number three for them, but everyone stepped up. The O-line with Garrett Bradbury and Ezra Cleveland gave Cousins time. Cousins was able to get 30 completions to his receivers who were regularly getting separation. It wasn't just Jefferson Iver and Thielen, but also KJ Osborne and Tyler Conklin made multiple important catches. But the other big plus for the Vikings, of course, was Alexander Madison stepping into Cook's shoes. He had 171 scrimmage yards. He averaged almost 4.5 yards on 26 carries. Um, the Seahawks just couldn't stop him. And he rushed 18 times to 76 yards in the second half alone just to throttle the game. I mean, head coach Mike Zimmer said it was the best offensive performance that he's seen in the eight years that he's been here. And I'm pretty sure he's right about that as well. On the other side, just very quickly, the Seahawks, they've given up 1,321 yards in their first three games. That's 856 passing yards and 465 rushing yards. Um, That means teams are getting an average of just under seven yards a pass and four and a half yards a run. And this was painfully apparent in this game where the Vikings can move the ball at will. So... I know that you focused on the Vikings last week, Dave, said you were out over them. Um, the Vikings are capable of beating great teams and losing to bad teams. Yeah. It happened here. So we should have known this was going to be a, a possibility. And the next two games are also at home. But I just think that everything worked this weekend for the Vikings. And when it all clicks, even without Dalvin Cook, they can score at will. And uh, yeah, oh, I was, I was I impressed. Think, I think... Uh, it's as I said last week, they will be some brilliant teams, but they will lose to absolute trash. And when they yeah. lose, they look horrendous. They're like a boxer who goes in for one fight and looks trim and great and sharp. And his jab's fantastic. His footwork's brilliant. His movement's great. His head movement's great. And then another one, they'll go in as this fat, horrible slob who's not trained for six months. And that's the difference. And that's on Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer is a terrible coach awful coach and they've been bogged down by having Kirk Cousins for far too long they have to move on from both of them they'll have these weeks where they look great not interested not interested at all because they're a falsehood they're a middle of the road nothing that will never achieve anything sorry while they've got Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer my opinion will not they, they could get to the playoffs and I'll still be saying the same thing I'm over them I've had enough they're no good. <laughs> Vikings Vikings are a good home team. They really are. They have a proper six home o'clock. field advantage. Six o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> they yeah, are they are a good home team. They they've always over the last few years played well at home. The problem tends to be when they play away. Now, you know, it helps when you're playing the Seahawks defense because as we all know for the last well, let's say three years, Trash. at least the Seahawks defense will just give you a thousand yards without even really having to try for it. Um, but I, I think this was a get well game for the Vikings to a degree because they, they'd certainly looked off the pace, shall we say, in the first couple of mm-hmm. weeks. I know, I know you've got oh. this thing, Dave, where you know you really don't like what you're seeing, but you know they do have pieces they they are not no, a bad football team i agree so i agree 100% i think they're a good football team and i think they should be, be- doing better than they have been so maybe I this agree. is the week that actually they've suddenly realized that and it'll all click a little bit and they'll be better but you know if you ever want to get well team it's it's kind of like 
you know, Everton in the Premier League. If if you've got a striker that hasn't scored for twenty games, let him come to Goodison Park because <laughs> you know he's guaranteed to get one. It seems to be that if you if if you really need to get your offense going, play the Seahawks because you know they're just going to let you do what you want to do. Thing is, next next week they've got the Browns and they'll lose to the Browns because they're not good enough to beat them. Um, and then the game after, they'll lose to the Lions and they'll lose badly because this is what they do. This isn't a turnaround game. They're, they're basically, a, they're one of those guys, you know, they're a guy who can come in and put in a good qualifying lap. They'll, they'll do well for one week. And the reason they've they've qualified for the playoffs is because their division's crap. And they've kind of been there by default because they'll get four wins by definition each year. And they're not a good home team. They're an okay home team. They'll do enough to win games. They're, they're, I'm totally over. I wish them the best of luck. I like the Vikings. I know it doesn't sound like it. And the reason I, I'm so against who they are at the moment is because I like them. If it was a team I didn't care about, if this was the Patriots, I'd be like, give a shit. I'm so not bothered. I don't care how many they lose. But it's because they're better than this. They've got some real, real talent. I think Harrison Smith might just be the most underrated safety in the league. I don't think he's the best safety, but I think he's massively underrated. Adam Thielen, again, incredibly underrated. They've got so much talent, but it's being led by a head coach who, I don't, I'm lost for words on Mike Zimmer. We've been speculating for years whether he's going to get fired. He should have been fired a long time ago. I don't know what, I don't know if he's got pictures of Rick Spielman doing something that he shouldn't be doing with people he shouldn't have been doing it with. But that's the only possible reason that he's in the job still. Mike Zimmer is an utter, utter liability and he shouldn't be in the job. And Kirk Cousins, is earning far too much money and he's in too much of a commanding position when he's not actually all that good. I want to tell you've been up all night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? I want to talk about the Angry Denver, Dave. <laughs> I want to talk about the Seahawks quickly because we've just you've been talking about the Vikings, but the Seahawks, they were keeping up with them in the first half. And I think they were ahead actually going in the half time. Um, you know, DK Metcalf had over hundred yards receiving in the touchdown. Gerald Everett looked really good and and getting vertical. Um, Chris Carson had over 80 yards rushing. You know, Tyler Lockett was a little bit off this week, only 31 yards, but they were at least keeping pace. It felt more like a basketball game in the first half because just both defences weren't doing a lot. They were just letting the other team go down the other end. And it was, um, I think there was a, there was a missed field call just before half time um, by Myers for the Seahawks. And I'm not saying that it's his fault or anything, but they didn't score after that. And it seemed a bit it's ominous, you know. They just, they just seemed to lose that cutting edge. And then, of course, their defence didn't help them because then the Vikings were just on one this week and they weren't going to slow down. But you've got to look at those stats about what the, the Seahawks' defence is giving up and you've got to have pause because that NFC West, you cannot do that. You cannot give away these kind of yards throughout the season. This is three weeks now. Well, it's, it's not three weeks, is it? It's It's about three years. <laughs> Let's be honest. You know, we we've been saying for for literally years that the Seahawks are great on offense and are absolutely gash on defense. They ju- they they can't do anything. You know, Bobby Wagner will make three big hits and three good plays a game, and that's it. No one else does anything. I, I you know it 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 just. We were saying about Matt Nagy before, it just amazes me the, the negligence to not actually build some pieces into your defense over the course of three years that can help you. You know, you've got mm. what looks to be an all pro Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson. You know, you've got uh, a decent running game, you've got a couple of really good wide receivers. 
your tight end's playing well, but you know they can't they can't put up thirty five points every single game. It just doesn't happen that way in the NFL. So you know at some point, either the 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 defense has got to step up with the players they've got, or they've actually got to scheme better, or actually go out and get some defenders, get some decent. Defenders. Well, they got Jamal Adams, they get... but they they sold the farm to get him. And that's that's half the problem, isn't it? Is they bought bought one piece and everything else is just neglected. So yeah, it's uh stupid thing well, is the, the Seahawks will probably still end up winning nine, ten games this season without yeah. <laughs> even worrying about that, it. I think that was interesting. So they so Bobby Wagner's probably I mean, you can make an argument for him being the best middle linebacker in the game. Um but so it, a couple of times this season, Nick Bellore has also played middle linebacker. Now, this isn't meant to be a quiz, but does anyone know Nick Bellore's actual position? He's a fullback. And they're bringing in a fullback to play middle linebacker. That's not even a joke. That's the level of depth they have defensively. Their problem isn't with their starters, hasn't been with their starters for quite some time. The guys behind the starters, that's where the problem is. Their their backup safeties and their backup uh, cornerbacks are horrendous. And that's the issue defensively. I mean, there was loads of uh, scheming issues last year defensively for the Seahawks. Um, But ultimately, they're just not talented enough. I agree. They're just just not talented enough. When your tight end's coming in, sorry, when your fullback's coming in and playing middle linebacker, you know you've got problems. Before the season started, I pre- I predicted the Seahawks to go five and twelve, and they're a game down on what I had them at at the moment. So <laughs> I'm feeling quite confident at the moment. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> it's not an easy run for the Seahawks this year. Not an easy run at all. Yeah, they've got teams like Green Bay, Washington. Uh, yeah, twice against the Rams, obviously twice against the Cardinals. This is gonna be this is gonna be a tough sled. If they keep giving up these kind of yards, there are a lot of teams that are going to punish them. Yeah, the one the one division you can't afford to mess around in is is that NFC West. It's it's brutal. No, the final score in that one was Vikings thirty, Seahawks seventeen. Um, right, so those were our games of the week. Punk, you you haven't got a game of the week, but you have got a brand new segment for the Final Down NFL podcast, inspired by Denver Dave. Name inspired by Denver Dave. It is. The uh, Dave, you're going to love the title of this segment, and it really <laughs> needs some dramatic style. music on it. I think because mm. you know you are going to Hill touch theme. me in the end zone. You are definitely going to be touching me in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is a segment because I get bored of doing game of the week every week, and um, so I've decided that this week, every week, I'm going to pick great. out just a. You went there for week one. Two or three. Two or three. I would behave. Uh, I'm just going to pick out two or three massive plays, uh, great plays, and we're going to open them up to the floor and discuss them, and then we're going to move on. But so this week, if you haven't seen them already, in no particular order, my first player to be touched in the end zone is Jamal Agnes of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, 109-yard field goal return off a Matt Prater world record attempt or NFL record world attempt record. of 68 yards. Mm. Big hats off to Jamal Agnes. 109 yards, it's the longest play you can possibly have on an NFL field. I'm sure, you know, 
at some point someone's going to add a couple of inches to their end zone or something sneakily and call it 109.2. But at the moment, that is uh, tied with, I think there's a there's an Ed Reed interception return for 109 yards. Or was that a field goal as well? Can't quite remember. But uh, yes, 109 yards, field goal return. Jamal Agnes, if you haven't seen it yet, go and watch it. It's an amazing play. Yes, Next well done, Jamal one. Agnew as well. For, yeah. uh, well done, Jamal Agnew. Just, Agnew for taking that ball that. and running it all the way back. Uh, we, we've seen a few runbacks from close, but I mean, this was obviously just the end of the first half. Cardinals being a bit cute, going for extra points. A bit, a bit like a Hail Mary that Dave likes at the end of the, the first half, but uh, using a leg rather than an arm to get it down there. And they clearly didn't think that Agnew was going to catch the ball and, and come out with it because they, they I mean, weren't they, they should. They didn't seem ready for they it. They should because when, when Jamal Agnew was at the Lions, um, yeah. I, I used to spout on about it all the time. He was the punt returner for the Lions and he was special teams, uh, special teams player of the week a number of times for having 60, 70, 80 yard returns consistently. Yeah. Um, he's he's he is, already, I think. He's, he's brought a, a yeah, couple out. Yeah. He's, one of the, he's one of the best um, kick returners in the league mm. without any shadow of a doubt. So it's, it's ridiculous that they tried, what was it, an eight, 68 yard or something like that. I mean, Matt Prater already, it has to be said, Matt Prater already held the record for the longest field goal. Until today. The word uh, held Sunday, in, yeah. in, in past tense. Um, but yeah, and that was, that wasn't, that wasn't done at sea level. That was done a mile high in the air when the, when, you know, you can make 50 yarders like their chip shots. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it was it wasn't indoors. Yeah. It was, a uh, yeah. I think maybe because it's so warm down in Duval, maybe they just felt like, uh, he was limber enough to, to get it done, <laughs> but yeah, just short. It was on target. It was just too short. So yeah. Good call though, punk. That was a, a beautiful play. Yeah, it was it was a lovely play, even though it was fat men and a kicker and a holder to uh, beat on the return. But you know, we're going to hold that against him. Hundred and nine yards is hundred and nine yards. Right, second one. Touch me in the end zone, Dave, because third and Renfro's four move shake and bake on Xavier Howard oh, that kick started the Raiders versus the Dolphins is a thing of beauty. <laughs> now you may not have seen it up close, but go go and find this play out. It's, and you will just see one of the best cornerbacks in the league get absolutely left for dead. Um, it's an amazing play. And it just kick-started the Raiders into, into that comeback from 14 points down against the Dolphins, where eventually we held on for the overtime win, of course. But yeah, uh, re- apparently it's something Renfro's been working on throughout the off-season on how to get a bit more separation from some cornerbacks, and it's obviously working. Well, just keep duking until uh, they get bored and then go the other way. No, it's 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 not as simple as that. It's it's an inside outside go round back on yourself and then cut up the field. Remember, do you remember <laughs> when you used to play um, Street Fighter Two Turbo when you were a kid on the stairs? <laughs> yeah, and you played that mate who'd always beat you because you'd be Balrog and he'd have uh, one. Yeah, he'd have one move that he knew that you couldn't block. And it's just like he'd pin you in the corner and just go, punch, 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 and then you're dead. Mm. Oh, for fuck's sake. That was Hunter Renfro. 
He's got one move. Congratulations on that. This is it. No, he doesn't though. This is the thing. This is this is what we all thought up until this season that he did only have one move, but he definitely doesn't because he's absolutely turned Xavier Howard inside out, left him in knots, and and walked it in for the in for the touchdown. So hats off to Third and Renfro for his amazing play this week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Finally. And I think this one we have to talk about. Although Dave, he didn't touch me in the end zone, but he he managed to get the ball to the end zone and out the other end of it. And that's Justin Tucker's 66-yard field goal uh, for the walk-off win against the, my God, would you just go and kill yourself now, <laughs> Lions. Um, Not again. Obviously, we've already mentioned Prater previously holding the record at 64 yards in Denver. Um, and Tucker actually in, in uh, warm-ups was saying he couldn't hit 66 yards. He was trying it and it just wasn't getting there. So I'm not quite sure what he did during the game to, to give him that extra foot. But the, uh, the doink and the spin uh, put it over. And, you know, we are an equal opportunity praising unit on this podcast. So kickers get praised too. And Justin Tucker, hats off to you, sir. Your leg will be in the Hall of Fame someday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, congratulations. He uh, converted a kick that his co- coach told him to kick. So, yeah, well done. He did the job. <laughs> hey, you, go out there and kick I, the Dude, I've got no love for kickers. You've got one job. Kick it. That's all you got to do. I mean, if you're kicking in Buffalo, no, I'll give you a bit more credit. But ultimately, if your coach says, kick that ball over, and you go and do it, well done. So you give him no credit for being the only player no, in NFL I give him history credit. to be able to have the issue that ball I've got from that distance. The issue that I've got is he's the only quarterback who has done it kicker. because how many is it? Sorry, he's the only kicker who's kicked from that long because how many kickers get the opportunity to kick from that far? The vast majority don't. Rodrigo Blankenship has never in the NFL up until the start of this season kicked a fifty-yarder. Because well, he doesn't in, get the opportunity to. Well, Matt, Most Matt Prater do not get the opportunity. Matt Prater's about, got about a ten minute the leg. About That's ten minutes earlier, Matt Prater attempted a sixty-eight yarder who got returned yeah. one hundred nine yards. Yeah, because so, um, you know he can do it. Most most um, kickers can't do it or don't get the opportunity to. And it's a complete fallacy to say that, you know, he's the only man in the game ever to have done it. Most most guys don't even try. Most guys will go through their entire career without getting the opportunity to do it. That's why if, if everyone was given a 68-yarder... Then they should more be better. They should be. But, I mean, if they, even if, you if they're playing, not given the opportunity, they need to create the opportunity by proving they can do it. And what exactly did Justin Tucker do to, to uh, force this opportunity, as you say? Miss loads in practice. Rubbish. It's circumstance that judged that he should have done that. And he should never have got that opportunity because the play clock should have run out and it should have been yeah. back five yards and it should have been a 70 yard. So don't give me that nonsense. I'm sorry. Oh, all the Ravens not, hate. There was a delay. It's not, not Ravens it. hate. It's just I'm not kickers have one job. Come in and kick the bloody ball that's all you got to do do it that's not difficult just kick the damn ball so yeah I'm not <laughs> answers on the base guard please that's, that's the words rubbish. of ex-NFL kicker Denver Dave <laughs> <laughs> if I if I was a kicker they'd be going anywhere but bloody over exactly it'd, it'd go long enough but it wouldn't go anywhere near the bloody goal someone really <laughs> stole your dinner money today didn't they <laughs> it's just I got no love for kickers man <laughs> really so there we go. There we have it. 
touch me in the end zone segment. Beautiful. Okay. So we've gone through the touch me in the end zone segment. Thank you very much, Punk, for doing that. Let's just run through the other games quickly. So we're going back to Thursday night. The Panthers got to 3-0 on Thursday night against the Texans, who had to give Davis Mills his first career start. Sam Darnold ran in two touchdowns, but the game cost them both Christian McCaffrey and rookie JC Horn. McCaffrey had an MRI in his hamstring. He's not on IR. Horn's going to miss at least a couple of months with broken bones in his foot. It was a solid performance by Davis Mills. He got over 160 yards passing, a touchdown and no interceptions, despite the four sacks from the Panthers' defence. The final score was Panthers 24, Texans 9. Uh, yeah, so word on each, uh, the Panthers have now traded for CJ Henderson yes. um, from the from the Jaguars and uh, for the Texans. Davis Mills was sick after that game because of the length of his neck. It took him 25 minutes. He's got the longest neck I've ever seen. <laughs> Honestly, since Mike Glennon, it is outrageous. He's basically half man, half giraffe. So yeah, <laughs> just wanted just wanted to put that out there. But a good game though. I mean. I was expecting it to be utter trash, but I stayed up to watch it. It was all right, actually. It wasn't too bad. I think you're a bit harsh there, Dave. His mum is actually a giraffe, so please uh, be respectful. <laughs> the Sunday afternoon, and Josh Allen had his fifth career game with at least four passing touchdowns and over 300 yards, which is one more than Bills legend Jim Kelly. As the Bills laid some hurt on Washington, Emmanuel Sanders caught two touchdown passes from Josh Allen, who also rushed another score in. A 73-yard touchdown from Antonio Gibson and a Heineke dive gave the football team some respite. But this game was over early. Final score in Orchard Park. Bills 43, Washington 21. I'm disappointed in Washington. Mm. The pass rush hasn't been... Defence has not stepped up. Yeah. I just, I just feel like... Forward. I feel like I've gone to gone to a restaurant, ordered like a burger that looked great on a menu and essentially got something that you could have got from Burger King. You know, it just looks a bit... Or another burger franchise. Other, other burger franchises are available. <laughs> yeah. that one they don't sponsor us. They don't sponsor us, so I'm happy to slag them off. Their, bur- their burgers are trash. Nor will they. <laughs> no. Oh, well. Right, That's anyway. Dodge. <laughs> uh, we went through Dave's game, which was the uh, the Bears-Browns 26-6. Um, wasn't the real, the real OGs of pain and heartbreak, though. The Detroit Lions had managed to stifle the Ravens scoring and kicked a game-leading field goal with just over a minute to go. But the Ravens got the ball into position for an NFL record 68-yard attempt by Justin Tucker. Thank you, Punk, for talking about that. Of course, it went over after kissing the bar to hand the Lions their third loss in a row. Lamar would have had a better stat line, but for some bad drops by his receivers, the far score at Ford Field was Ravens 19, Lions 17. Thing is, I wasn't expecting this to be close, and it was, so you have to take the positives out of it. Lions almost won the game. Almost won they, the game. Should they won. almost won the game. Ravens have got a lot of injuries. Um, they kind of got away with it. Well, kind of. Yeah. They did get away with it. Um, got, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, um, I think I think the Lions are feisty. I, I, they're not particularly good, but you know they'll no, bite your ankles like... if you give them a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but Lamar Jackson, sixteen or thirty-one. Good God, mm-hmm. it's utter well, trash. a lot of that was on the receivers, though. He did throw them yeah. open, and they didn't I catch mean, to, them. So, to be fair, their receiving core this week was awful. I've got on my bench. Um, I've got a uh, a Ravens. Uh, wide receiver and uh, yeah his performance was less than stellar let's put it that way don't talk to me about fantasy for crying out loud my entire bench is better than my oh. starting roster so we'll, we'll talk about it I've made a note don't worry <laughs> the Colts were looking for their first win of the season in this AFC South battle unfortunately for the Colts the Titans have a Henry Derek Henry went for 144 scrimmage yards and got a two-point conversion in this one without him both teams look fairly evenly matched 
but the threat on the ground allowed Tannehill to get three passing touchdowns on the day. The final score in Tennessee was the Titans 25, Colts 16. I'm not buying the Colts. I mean, I know that I win three. Are you not buying um, them? I don't know. Right. I just, I'm disappointed by them. They lost by the Rams by one score, by three points. And you kind of thought, okay, they lost the game, but it was against one of the best teams in, in the league, in the NFC. So you're kind of thinking, okay, they've been beaten by two good teams, lost against, I think it was Seahawks in week one. So they've lost against two two good teams. And this, they just didn't show up. And you're kind of thinking, yeah, it's, I'm just not feeling them. I'm just... I don't feel like this is a good team who just happened not to be winning. I feel like this is a mediocre team. We're just getting rolled by everyone they come up against. They're just being killed by injuries. I'm yeah. not sure Car- they are. Carlson Wentz might as well have been out there with two crutches and a wheelchair the way <laughs> yeah, he was moving that's, that's, on Sunday. So their fault for going out and getting him, though, isn't it? You know what you're getting. He's not completed a season before. So what are you expecting? Leopards and spots and all that? The Chargers got a win in Kansas for the third time in four trips uh, while sending the two-time defending conference champion Chiefs to the bottom of the AFC West. Chargers receiver Mike Williams had 122 yards catching and two touchdowns on the day. Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler also caught touchdowns for LA. As the Chiefs turned the ball over four times, it was still a close end to the game, but the final score was the Chargers 30, Chiefs 24. Is that legit true? What's, what's that stat again? How many times have they beaten the Chargers when going there? Uh, three, that's the third time in four trips. To Kansas. Ooh, that's a nice, tasty little stat. I didn't know that was true. Okay. <laughs> I uh, don't tell lies over here. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, it's just because I expect everyone to do what the Broncos have done in the AFC West and lose to the Chiefs. We haven't been in, yeah. in 18 years. Um, yeah. But it turns out the Chargers are doing well against them. I think Punk, I'm right in saying the Raiders have beaten them quite a few times in recent years as well. So. Maybe it's the first turn soon. But no, I mean, that the defence is, is not particularly great um, for the Chiefs. I think that there's issues there. And um, congrats to the Chargers for winning the games. They just need to stop with the illegal shifts denying them scores because that's going to kill the Chargers sooner or later because it's two consecutive weeks. Just wait for your man to stop and set himself before you snap the ball. It's not difficult, is it? Some weird play calling going on there. Oh, no. The Jekyll and Hyde that is the New Orleans Saints happened to go into Foxborough and get a win. That's starting to not look so tough anymore. When Jameis Winston didn't turn the ball over, the Saints have a chance. Alvin Kamara cracked 100 yards scrimmage and a touchdown. Mac Jones was the leading rusher for the Pats, and that's something very strange for a run-first offence. Multiple turnovers, including a pick-six, ended this one. The final score was the Saints 28, Patriots 13. This was weird. They asked a rookie to throw it 51 times. And only actually ran uh, running backs eight times in the game. So you're asking a rookie to throw it 51 times with only eight rushes. That's weird. I don't get it. Don't understand it. Why would you do that? I was accused earlier this week by one of the members of our podcast of being overly negative on some teams. So with that in mind, the Atlanta Falcons got a great win on Sunday in New York against the equally dangerous Giants. Matt Ryan's two touchdown throws set the Falcons up and a game-winning kick by Young Hoku. Daniel Jones didn't score, but he did try really hard. He fumbled twice, but recovered both of them. The final score was the Falcons 17, Giants 14. <laughs> I've never heard such rubbish in all my life, but what? it was entertaining. Well done. <laughs> I didn't say it was entertaining. I said he tried really More hard. More entertaining than the game was. Yeah, that game was trash. I'm sorry. That sounds very negative. <laughs> it was. I'm, I'm, I'm positive over here, so let's, uh, let's carry well, on. Well done. Well done for Saquon Barkley getting the touchdown. It was it was his. Uh, hopefully, it's his comeback game because uh, it's, it's been a rough year or so for him with the ACL injury. So yeah, 
well done for him. The Cincinnati Bengals got their first win in Pittsburgh since 2015 on the solid overall performance, both sides of the ball. Joe Burrow hit his LSU teammate, Jamar Chase, and now has four touchdowns in four games. It helped that the Steelers had two edge rushers out with injuries. Uh, that led to their 75-game sack record ending. Two of the Steelers' O-line also left the game with injuries to pile on the misery for Pittsburgh. The one bright spark was Najee Harris having over 140 scrimmage yards and the other rookie, Pat Fryermuth, getting a touchdown. The final score was the Bengals 24, Steelers 10. I mean, yeah, okay. Najee Harris got 142 scrimmage yards. Only 40 of those were running or in the run game. The rest of them were checkdowns where he managed to get 100 yards. So let's not start celebrating too soon. He got beat by... It does all count, but largely relevant in the end because you, you your score got more than doubled by the Bengals. Mm. Um, very, very disappointing by the, by the Steelers. I thought you were better than this. Just not very good. I think that's... that's that's all no. that can be said. I think I think, you know, you haven't got depth. I think we've been through all this previously, but you know, there's no depth in that defense. You know, your 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 quarterback's completely overrated. And um <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you get you're gonna have one of those seasons where you're gonna kind of go, I wish we'd got rid of him two years ago and actually drafted somebody. Mm. I mean, they drafted Rudolph, so <laughs> <laughs> The Arizona Cardinals got the expected win, but this game was a bit too crazy to sum up in just a couple of sentences. The Jags were up 19-10 at one point, returning a record trying field goal for a record-breaking return touchdown by Jamal Agnew. Um, but two touchdowns for running back James Conner and a pick six by Byron Murphy helped the Cardinals to a 24 second-half points to get the win away and get Arizona to 3-0 for the first time since 2015. Final score in Duval, Cardinals 31, Jaguars 19. I mean, they know how to lose a game, the Jags, don't they? They certainly no they're, they're used no to it. quite as good as the Jets. They've got some experience. Yeah. yeah. Another tough week for the New York Jets. This time up against the defensive front seven out for blood. Von Miller picked up his fourth sack of the year. Middle linebacker Alexander Johnson had a pair of sacks, two tackles for a loss, two QB hits, and a pass breakup for Denver, which also got sacks from Shelby Harris and Malik Reed. The Broncos got a one-yard touchdown run from Melvin Gordon and rookie Javante Williams. But Williams also fumbled at the one and had a mix-up on a handoff from Bridgewater on another play from the Jets one. So it could have been a lot worse. The blowout final score was the Broncos 26, Jets 0. Zip. Zip, zip. No, um, no. What was good was that Alexander Johnson um, has basically taken over play calling as the middle linebacker now that um, Josie Jewell is out for the season. So uh, he basically stepped up. I mean, it was against the Jets. So, you know, nice not get too excited. Um, but... Yeah, great performance by the Broncos. Not going to go on about it too much. I want to talk about the Jets. They are a car crash, the Jets. Um, and I realize I might come across a bit ranty, but what they've done to their quarterback, I don't understand. Because what they've essentially got is a rookie head coach with a rookie quarterback, with a rookie backup quarterback, and a rookie offensive coordinator in Mike LaFleur, and a rookie... Um, quarterback coach. The rookie quarterback coach has three years experience in the league. Calib- Rob Calabrese or whatever his name is. Calabrese. So, Calabrese, yeah. So he's got three years Maybe. in the entire league. Mike Fits well in got, Jersey. Mm. I mean, honestly, I've I never seen anything like it. Where's the experience? I mean, where on earth They're getting is... I mean, they're getting it. They're getting it absolutely handed to them. That's the issue. Where on earth is Zach Wilson meant to learn from? 
in the day, in the old days, so the old days, any in the modern days, any day, you would have your rookie quarterback sitting behind a starter. If you don't have a starter, bring someone in who's had a huge amount of snaps. snaps. You can just coach him, just talk to him in the quarterback room and give him some experience. Behind him, he's got Mike White, the Mike White. Mike White. Yeah, never, about Mike White. never taken a single snap in the NFL. Who's, who's, yeah. who's the kid meant to learn off? I have a question. Yeah. Were the Broncos ever going to play anyone decent? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we've got the Ravens this week. Right. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. The, it uh... doesn't matter. The, listen, the, jet, the, the Jets are rubbish. We know that. But the Broncos are 3-0. and And I'm just enjoying it. So I don't care who we play. And it's just reminiscent of the 2020 Steelers. <laughs> You're playing against teams at 0-9. Uh, yeah, 2020 Steelers. Yeah, Punk, be the arbitrator. You know, I'm, you know, I'm right. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But I mean, if you make it to <laughs> eleven right. games, then I'll be amazed. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> the Dolphins managed to force overtime in Las Vegas with a Jacoby Brissett scramble and a Will Fuller two-point conversion, but the Raiders stayed strong and got the field goals they needed to go three and zero for the first time since 2002. Another great performance by Brian Edwards, who had already surpassed his rookie season receiving in a quarter of the games. And over 100 rushing yards by Peyton Barber, subbing for Josh Jacobs, allowed the Raiders to come back from 14-0 in the first quarter to deserve this win. The final score after overtime was the Raiders 31, Dolphins 28. Hey, I'll tell you something. Did you see that move from Hunter Renfro? Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> Renfro was fantastic. Get everything else. Um, Rugs, uh, best game he's played for us so far, without a doubt. That's a low bar. Um, He's starting to he's starting to prove. I think I'm just carrying on regardless. I'm not even listening anymore. Um, <laughs> he, he's starting to show that he's not just as a, a, a speedster. Mm. Um, he he's going up. He's getting the ball. He's taking it out the backfield. Um, yeah, he's he's really starting to come good. Um, Raiders have actually the only team this season so far with four players over 200 yards receiving. And Ruggs, yeah. Waller, Edwards, and Renfro. So you remember that preseason stuff where you were all laughing at me because I said <laughs> our receiving core was actually going to be quite good this year. Yeah, there's the proof, lads. So yeah, yeah, on, onwards and upwards, three and oh, yes. first time since two thousand and two. Can I ask you a question? Know, you can. You ever going to play anyone good? <laughs> Are we ever going to play anyone oi. good? Well, considering <laughs> we've already played the Ravens and the I Dolphins, know, you know, two that out was, of three ain't bad, is it? That's, that's, that's rude as well. All three of I was going to say all three of those teams would be the playoffs last season. <laughs> yeah, they were. All three, all three of those teams were ten win teams last season. Ten win yeah. plus teams last season, plus. Um, and they're all all playoff wow. teams. So you know, I'm I'm very happy with our progress so far. Okay, but on the other side, as ever, though. as ever, being a Raider fan, you know, you have to kind of wind it in a bit and just kind of go, well, you know, we're three and the, now, we could be three it, and seven. On the other side of it, you've played a Ravens team who can only just beat uh, the Lions. You've played Let's uh, a Steelers on. team who you say <laughs> have on. got the most overrated quarterback in the league and the Dolphins who... Well, I, I said the, the Ravens, Dolphins and a bad team. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. You can only beat who's in, put in front of you. Ain't that the truth? Still, both of us are free and out. Though. Had enough when you lose a game. And the, it's the YouTube chuckle brothers afterwards. It's just even worse. 
anyway, it might be the only time in the next fifty years that we're three games we in and neither of them have well, lost a game. So I can guarantee you that. Funnel, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Rams are a serious problem, boys. The Super Bowl champions turned up on Sunday evening and got four touchdowns scored on them. Matt Stafford was spraying the ball around without much concern for the Bucks secondary. Deshaun Jackson popped up with a 75-yard touchdown. Cooper Cup I'm got sorry, another two touchdowns. 2009. I know. Cooper Cup got another two touchdowns. Next Patriot, Sony Michelle, also put in a great performance on the ground and in pass protection to get the Rams the win. Tom Brady threw over 400 yards and ran one in himself, but the Bucks always looked half a step off in this one. But they're still great. Final score, Rams 34. Bucks 24. Positive. Yeah. I mean, my Super Bowl pick is still looking pretty decent. And mine. Did you actually put some money down on the Rams then? No. I I have money down on a Rams-Bills Super Bowl. (laughs) Okay, well, you're half right, probably. But it says something. It says something about Matt Stafford, who I've been banging on for years, saying that he's brilliant. He's essentially gone to a new team and his uh, win quarterback mode. rating. Yeah, his, his quarterback rating is second in the league. I mean, that it says everything. And they've come up against some decent teams already. They're 3-0. Mm. And the more you see them, the better they look. They just look legit. Rams and can I just say, yeah, Cooper, Cooper Cup picked up in the fifth round of fantasy might just be the steal of the decade that I've put through there because he has been sensational so far this season. The only, the only bad thing is I've got Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. So if they have a bad week, I'm screwed. He, to be fair, Cooper Cup was two years ago. He wasn't last year because he got injured. But yeah, when I had him last year, it was the year before. It was the year before he got injured. I was at, I was at the game. It was the one in Denver where he got the horse collar tackle that broke both his legs, basically. It was a horrendous tackle. Um, but last year, we just had Jared Goff throwing at him. Dirty donkeys mm-hmm. again, you see. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Rams Rams are very, very good. Buccaneers, yeah, they've got a few things to sort out, haven't they? But two good teams. They'll two be good teams. Yeah. Just one was slightly better than the other. Sunday night saw two teams that usually face off in the NSU Championship game go head-to-head with the Packers playing the 49ers. Devontae Adams came back into the game after taking a massive hit from Jimmy Ward. Brought in two massive completions to set up the Mason Crosby winning field goal. Jimmy G was still the main starter for San Fran, but Trey Lance was brought in to run another touchdown at the end of the first half. Brandon Ayuk caught his first touchdown of the year and rookie running back Trey Sermon also got his first points. But in the end, the Packers got the win. Packers 30, 49ers 28. I mean, it doesn't work well on on a podcast. I just shrug my shoulders. Um, Yeah. It's nice for the Packers to finally beat the 49ers and get that monkey off their back um, because they haven't haven't beaten the 49ers for quite some time. I think I mentioned that on last week's pod that they're in their mind. But Mm. I mean, with the way that the, the Packers division is holding up and the way that it's shaping up this season, they're probably close to already winning it. You know, it's the standard NFC like, North season. Yeah, it's just an, it's just same old, same old, same old for the Packers. It's difficult to get excited about. It's their last dance. Monday night yeah. saw the NFC East divisional matchup of the Philadelphia Eagles going into Dallas. It was the Cowboys who scored first, Zeke getting the first of two rushing touchdowns. There was a defensive touchdown for Fletcher Cox on the next Cowboys series, though. After that, the Cowboys pulled away. Two touchdowns for Dalton Schultz, one for Cedric Wilson, the pick six. Made the final score Cowboys 41, Eagles 21. That second touchdown by Dalton Schultz might have been one of the plays of the week. It was properly amazing. Um, I stayed up to watch the game again. Um, but yeah, no, it he was 
unbelievable in this game. It really, really was. It might might be his breakout game. Mm. Um, well done to Ezekiel Elliott. His uh, fantastic performance won me my fantasy game. I needed twenty odd points, <laughs> and he got twenty one. So uh, yeah, big up to big up to Zeke. Bad news for the Eagles was that um, starting guard Isaac Siamalo will require season-ending surgery on the Liz Frank injury. So they are not nice. And what? A Liz Frank. It's the injury that um, Peyton Manning had when he was in Denver, the one in his foot where he can hardly walk. Mm. Such a Liz Frank. Hope he gets well. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, last thing we need to do then, boys, is look at the picks for uh, week three. We need, to, we need to talk about fantasy. No, we need to do the picks first. One thing really at a time, Dave. Let's do the picks, <laughs> the picks for week three that we got wrong. So it was us against Connor, who was uh, representing the people this week, Giants fan. Um, so the long and short of it is boys that we all, we all kind of bet together. So we all going to win and lose at the same time. Uh, we all bet on the chiefs, the Patriots, the giants, the Steelers and the Seahawks. They obviously didn't come in. Um, punk, you bet on the dolphins, uh, in the reverse Uno card against the uh, Raiders. So that didn't come off for you. Uh, Dave and I picked the 49ers to beat the Packers. So that all shook out that all three of us had a record of 10 and six, but Connor had 11 and five. So he pulled one back for the people. It means on the leaderboard, uh, myself and Dave are on 31 punk and the people are on 29. So thank you very much, Connor for bringing the, uh, the total bit closer to everyone. Um, so that's the end of week three, apart from well Dave. Done, Connor. Fantasy. Go on, talk about fantasy. So just want to talk about fantasy, really, because, Jim, you are the jammiest git I've what? ever known. You are 3-0, and and I don't know how. Well, I'm winning my games. You and I are both top with 3-0, and and I'm over 100 points ahead of you. I don't know how you do it. You manage to just sneak ahead of whoever he it managed, you're playing against. He manages to play play the people who have bad weeks or, <laughs> yeah. you know, injuries or, you know, I whatever mean, it may be. I'm saying this purely, purely through jealousy because I played someone the other week who got a hundred and was it 150 points or something. I got 201 just because I had a brilliant week. You played some. I think you played you punk. You got 59. Yeah, you got 50. Yeah, you got 59. I got 58. He got 59. I got more than both of you two. You should be ashamed of yourself. That's that's in the past, Dave. That's in the past. Purely through jealousy. But, but this week you got Jim. Well, it's me and you, so you can finally shut up. Clash of the, clash of the Titans. Oh. Now I've got enough points up to beat you. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, let's see. That's how it works. Punk. Save Punk. it for the fantasy podcast. Punk, <laughs> sell me your woes. Sell me your woes. What's going on, man? Because you're normally good at fantasy, but this year you're crap. What's going on? I don't know what's going on, to be honest. Well, you've got Daniel Jones as your starting quarterback. There's the first mistake. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm streaming my quarterback. So I'm not, it's, well, you know, he's playing the Falcons, for crying out loud. Even I could have thrown three touchdowns against the Falcons, <laughs> but apparently he couldn't. No. So, you know. <laughs> so Jim and I both won. you got 85. 85 is not a terrible score. It's not it's bad. It's an awful score. Don't even go there. Punk's not much luck. He's got, he's got Michael Thomas on the pup list, and he's got Jerry Judy on IR. You haven't moved them out yet. Punk. I think you need I mean, no one to move them out four, is there? And the, 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 the problem agency. we've got is that we're in we're in a twelve team league, and you know, all the, there's nothing decent out there. So I'm just oh, yeah, biding my we've time all, we've all got until there. they all come back, and then I'm just going to rinse the second half of the season and finish about third in the table. It'll be fine because so there's what, no playoffs in, in in your league, is there? What is typical though is the first week of the season. 
you didn't have Rondale Moore in your team. No, I didn't. Um, so you picked him up on I had Gus Edwards. Yep, you picked him up on waivers, which is very good, very commendable. You then didn't have him in your starting lineup. I know. You didn't play him. And he scored, what was it? 20, 18 20, points 20, or something. Yeah, or something yeah. Like and then um, I did play him. And what did you get this week? <laughs> 0.2 or something. Something, something along those lines. Oh, there you go. Double what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. That's, the that's, that's been the story of my season this year, do to me, be honest. Give me, me one favour. Please don't pick up any Bronco players. Pick up all the Steelers. <laughs> oh, I'm in, I'm in another league where I just picked up Tim Patrick. So, you know, expect him wow, to be injured wow. anytime. time. So. Oh, then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was fantastic. Oh, you got Jerry corner. Judy. You got Jerry Judy. That's he's why he's Jerry injured. Judy. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's your bloody fault. Wasn't injured when I picked him up. <laughs> Didn't take long, did it? <laughs> picking no. him up to him going out. Right. Week four. Week four, guys. Um, we're going to go through the picks. I don't know what you guys have got for your picks, uh, but I do know that we have a new challenger for the people. This week, it is Ben, who is a Bengals fan. Um, part of, obviously, my... And the Bengal. Yeah, well, he's only he's only uh, 14, so, you know, when he grows up, he'll pick a better team. But until then, he's going to go with his Tony the Tiger I mean, style team. You cannot be throwing shit this week. This week especially. <laughs> you can't I'm be going to say I'm you, punching as best I can. You're like one of those guys standing alone <laughs> at the bar at the nightclub going, look at all those saddos dancing with them girls. Yeah, he's going home on their own tonight, Ben's, Ben's picking for the future. He's, he's looked at Burrow and Jamar Chase, and he's gone, oh, that's, that's a combination I can get behind. Yeah. So, yeah, well done, Ben. Good on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah and well uh, another another good thing for Ben is that his under-14 flag team, the Wigan Bandits, won the national plant on Saturday. So congratulations, Ben. Uh, very good weekend for you, and well done to the rest of the Wigan Bandits as well. I've got your picks for the week four games. We're going to start off with the Thursday night game. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Cincinnati Bengals. What a Thursday Two night. Two wildcats. So I'm staying up to watch this game. I'm going to watch it live. It's, yep. my, it's my birthday. And <laughs> I said to the wife. Yeah, it is my birthday. It is, I yeah. said to the wife, I just want to be left alone with a big tub of ice cream and to watch the NFL. So that's what we're doing. Oh, beautiful. That's what, that's what I'm doing anyway. Well, they've and served up watch. a classic for you. The Bengals. Go for the Bengals. Okay. Yep. Punk? Yep. Bengals. Bengals as well. Okay. Well, Ben has, of course, gone for the Bengals. Now, be a clean sweep, right? I'm going to stick with Come my on, preseason picks and I'm going for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. I'm going for it. You never know. You never know. Actually, one down then. I, <laughs> I mean, at Maybe. the moment, me and Jim are top. So, you know, at least I'll at least I'll have a clear lead. From we that. said that last <laughs> week when we had all the same well for fantasy, didn't it? it work yeah. out that way. Sunday, we're starting with the Washington football team at the Atlanta Falcons. Washington. Has anyone out there defense? Yeah, I'm going Washington, but that's more of a reflection on Atlanta than it is. Yeah, I agree. The thing mm-hmm. is, the Atlanta, the Atlanta offensive line isn't bad, you know. It's not the actual offensive line isn't too bad. Neither's the quarterback, neither are the receivers. I mean, the quarterback, I think, is potentially one of the most underrated in the league. (laughs) (laughs) That no one will know, but that's a dig on Jim because one of the things we did on our Patreon was most underrated and overrated quarterbacks. Feel free to sign up at patreon.com forward slash line or down, but you know, yeah, Um, yeah, I'm going with Washington as well. Okay, so everyone's gone Washington. We've got the Houston Texans at the Buffalo Bills. Who's brave enough to go for the Houston Texans in this one? That's not brave. 
No. Stupid. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> all right. Clean Buffalo Bill Reserves would win that one. All right. All right. I mean, got, uh, can we add in? Can we add in another level of complexity of how much they oh, win by? One oh, thing I want to say, no. by the way, I'm joking. <laughs> One thing I'm, I'm, I want to say is I was looking at bets to put on and the Bills are uh, are like 17 and a half point favourites. Mm-hmm. Again, flabbergast, not really. Flabbergast. not as bad as we thought they were going to be, though. They're still no, playing. but that's only because we thought they were going to be historically terrible. Exactly. Still any good. Exactly. NFC North matchup. It is the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. Get ready for this one, boys. Lions. Lions. Lions? Yeah. Okay. You gone Lions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lions is I'm not going for the Bears after that piece of trash we saw last week. Not having it. Lions. Ben's gone, Ben's gone Lions. I'm sticking with the Bears for my preseason picks. It can only get better from the last one. So, And I know what the Lions are like as well. The Carolina Panthers are at the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, that might be a game. That could be game of the week, you know. This is a good game. Panthers Panthers for me. Mm -hmm. I I trust the defense. Panthers. Yeah, but I think that that Cowboys defense is better than you think. It's not better than I think. Forget about last season. I think they've got the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, that's true. I love Um, the Panthers. Yeah, I don't know. Sam Darnold chucking the yeah, ball around. CMC. What are you doing there, Dave? You just nodding. Uh, Panthers, yeah. You're going for Panthers. All right. Well, Ben's gone for the Cowboys. So we've got a difference there between the pod and the people. The Indianapolis Colts are at the Miami Dolphins. Both took an L last week. Dolphins. Yeah. I'm done with the Colts for now. Brissett showed me enough last week that he can he can move that offense up and down the field. Colts are going to struggle. Yeah, Dolphins. Okay, so we've gone yeah. for the Dolphins. Ben has gone for the Colts. So again, another difference between the pod and the people. The Cleveland Browns are at the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> what are I mean, we thinking? Don't even need to answer. I've made my feelings clear. Okay, so Browns for Dave. Punk. I, I this is one I'm really sat on the fence with to be honest. I mean, Vikings are home, they're reasonable. Mm-hmm. Browns are just a good football team. I'm gonna go Browns, but I'm not particularly confident in it. Okay, so it's a clean sweep for the Browns then because Ben's gone for it as well as I have. The New York Giants are at the New Orleans Saints. Saints doesn't matter where they're playing. Anyone, anyone gone for the Giants? Dave? Yeah. Yep. You going for the Giants? You're going Giants. Going for the Giants, yeah. Oh, congratulations! You're on your own. So everyone knows the Saints are good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. <laughs> that's how it works. This okay. is their bad week. This is their All bad right. week. Okay. The Giants, I don't think, are as bad as everyone thinks. They played no, the three and Broncos. They lost against the uh, was it Washington with the offside that wasn't offside, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and they lost last week as well. I don't think they're as terrible as everyone thinks. Um. <laughs> And I think the Saints can be brilliant or utter trash. So it's a bit of a crapshoot, to be honest. All right. So three to one there. We've everyone else has gone for the Saints. The Tennessee Titans at the New York Jets. Titans. Ooh, ooh, this is a tough one. <laughs> yeah, I'll go Titans. Everyone's gone Titans. Okay. <laughs> If the Titans were told they had to play with two men less, I'd still go Titans. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, 
not as confident as I once was, but I'd still go Chiefs. Do you know what? It, it's one of those games where you expect a an Andy Reid team to really bounce back after a big loss. But that defense is so sort of woolly and just holy that I'm not sure, you know. But have the I'll Eagles go, got enough of an the Eagles, offense yes, to take advantage? I'm trying, do you know what I'm trying to do? Genuinely, I'm trying to convince myself not to go for the Chiefs. Well, go on then. Not sure I can. Do it. Just say go the on. word Eagles. It's very easy. You do it. I don't know. Yeah, I, can't, I, don't, I, I want to. Who's the Chiefs over here? Well, let me put it this way. I'll go for the Eagles in my accumulator. I'll go again. I'll go for the Eagles on the spread bet. But I don't think I can do it in this because it's there's no spread betting. So I'll All go, right, so everyone's I'll on the just team. make a pick. I'll God go damn it. <laughs> we haven't got long. I want to get out of it. I'm trying to be interested and make it different. No, stop vamping. <laughs> right. The Arizona Cardinals in the NFC West against the Rams. Oh, Rams. In LA. Massive game. Uh, Rams. Dave, did you say Rams? Yeah. Oh, we've all gone Rams. Okay. <laughs> uh, the... Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. Another NFC West matchup. 49ers. They've shown me enough. The Seahawks are that bad. Yeah. 49ers for me. Yeah. 49ers lost on, lost on a whisker. Seahawks were pretty terrible. I'll go 49ers as well. So a clean sweep for the 49ers. The Baltimore Ravens at the Denver Broncos. All hail the 4-0 Broncos. All hell, the three and one Broncos, Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> so that is three people picking the Ravens and what? picking the Broncos. Yeah, everyone else has gone for the Ravens. Words. <laughs> words. All right, how about the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Green Bay Packers? Packers. Green Bay. Yeah. So that's a clean sweep for the Packers. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at the New England Patriots. Brady Bowl. Brady Bowl. Uh, Buccaneers. No, no, everyone gone for the Bucks. And then the Monday night game is the Las Vegas Raiders at the LA Chargers, AFC West. Who's winning? Can I have a draw? (laughs) This is going to be turgid. Chargers. Although, I'll tell you what, if Hunter Renfro gets going again, (laughs) who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not changing uh, my philosophy, so charges. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> All right, so I'm the only we person last week. Okay, Every so week Ben's picked the charges. Pick, you pick opposite the Raiders, and they win a game, and you get them at seventeen and now, aren't you? <laughs> That's it. That's the way to do it. <laughs> All right, I've gone for the Raiders. Ben's gone for the charges. Some good picks there. I think a few few uh, mix ups there. So we'll see how it goes. I picked exactly who I picked before the season started. So living or dying on those ones. Uh, But that's it. So thanks very much, guys, for getting to the end of the podcast with us. Uh, Remember to check us out on Twitter at FinalDownNFL, at DenverDave30, at Punk underscore Raider, thefinaldown.com to check out the website. And if you can, please sign up on Patreon, patreon.com slash finaldown. We put up as much as we possibly can in extra stuff onto there that we don't have time on the pod, even though this pod goes quite long. We put a lot more out. So uh, be sure to check that out. Um, We really appreciate it. Anything else, boys, to say? Have we cleared everything for for week three? We all good. If you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna make your picks and play some games, go to playactionpools.com. That's where we do Absolutely all our picks. Right. Yes, Pod versus the People is on playactionpools.com. Thank you, Punk. That is playactionpools.com. 
uh, they are sponsoring us for this uh, this season. So thank you very much to them. Um, until next week, then, guys. I've been Jim. That's been Never Dave. That's been Punk Raider. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.